What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I know this is the third episode in like five days. What the fuck are we up to? But this is a basically going to be Sunday's episode, just dropping a couple of days early. The guest is Joe, vocalist for Dead. Uh, and this is coinciding with their video premiere of A Mannequin Idol, uh, Lullaby, uh, their new single off of their micro EP, Mannequin Eyes. And uh, this was interesting. Um, I actually had a friend reach out to me who is really close friends with those guys and was like, hey, you should have these guys on. I know we've talked about it and, you know, I'm going to set you up with them. And, you know, I had sent out an email to to get that all figured out. And then like a day or two later, uh, the band's publicist hit me up and was like, hey, we'd love to have uh, Joe come on the show and basically promote this uh, this new video and the micro EP. And I was like, <laughs> funny timing of all of this. So apparently it was just meant to be that uh, someone from Dead was going to be on this show. And if you're not familiar with Dead, I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't know how you're not. Uh, this band is basically fucking everywhere. Uh, one of my favorite bands and a band we actually talk about in this episode, uh, Every Time I Die, I consider to be one of the hardest touring bands that is out there. Uh, they still do it in a van. They still are like kind of punk rock ethos and so forth. And I have to say, Dead give them a run for their money. They are constantly out on the road. They are everywhere. Uh, and you are typically seeing them hang out with people. Um, I know from people who have been on Shiprock, like that's, you know, where Dead kind of made a lot of their name uh, with some of the older demographic uh, that goes to those things. It's just been crazy to see how they win people over one by one and by kind of being, you know, approachable and down to earth and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh, it's been crazy to see the ascension of the band. And, you know, they've been touring behind their, their first album for almost three years now. And that is just unheard of. Uh, something that we talk about probably ad nauseum on the podcast is how often bands have to constantly keep putting out new content to keep fans. And it's kind of refreshing and interesting to see, you know, the guys in Dead doing it the old school way of just playing all the shows and getting your, your band and your, your music out there as much as you can by hitting the road. So it was kind of cool talking to Joe about that. Obviously, this is the first music that is coming off the forthcoming album that has no name, has no release date. We kind of touch on that a little bit in the chat. Sometimes in doing these without Dan, I feel like I'm talking way too much because it's only me and I don't have anyone to bounce anything off of. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Joe from Dead, and I'll talk to you on the other side of it. I had the pleasure of talking with Joe, the vocalist of Dead, whose latest EP, Mannequin Eyes, is out now via Shirtone Records. Um, this EP's been out for just a little over a month now. How does it feel to finally get some new music out to the fans? Because I know a lot of fans were clamoring for some new music from you guys. Yeah, it felt, it felt amazing, man. It was it was such a long time um, from our first album. And, um, you know, it was so, so awesome to we started playing these two songs. Um, I saw shut at a mannequin idol live um, on our last uh, Europe run that we just did. And, and it was such a great response live and then to release the songs, um, you know, in the, in the sonic form for everybody to listen to. It's, it's always been awesome. 
I uh, I haven't seen much in the vein of who actually produced this new EP. So did you guys go back to John Feldman and work on this, or, or who ended up uh, recording these songs with you guys? Uh, we did it with Kevin Chirko. Um, actually, we did a, a full album that's done. We just released these two songs um, as a as a micro EP. Is what I guess is what they're calling it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, but it's really just two songs, and um, uh, we did a full length album with Kevin Chirko out in, in Las Vegas. And um, if you're not familiar with him, he, he's done like Disturbed and Five Finger Death Punch and, and all kinds of uh, in this moment, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, he's he's incredible, man. Uh, it was it was it was a really cool, great experience to meet him and and, and do everything together. And uh, he's he's just a master at what he does. You know, working with Feldman, you know, I've had a couple of people on that have worked with him, and I know he's kind of a more hands-on producer. How did you find working with Kevin? Because, uh, you know, I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people that have worked with him, so I don't really know kind of his inner workings. Like, if he's more of a hands-on, like, you sit down and kind of really helping you rearrange a song to be the best that it can, or if he's more of a, hey, I think these are great, just go ahead and, you know, kind of do what you guys need to do, and I'll get out of your way. Is he kind of one of those producers, or how does he work? Um, well, yeah, they they have they both have similarities and differences. Um, yeah, Kevin is very, um, I would say, very hands on, uh, very meticulous. Um, but at the same time, he really was was intent on making sure that um, that we sounded like dead, that we sounded the way we're supposed to sound. He didn't want us to to switch it up and you know completely write the book, rewrite the book, and you know get, you know because he's very involved, but at the same time, he was very. Uh, we were very mindful of making sure that that it was our vision. Um, but he's very good with um, with music theory and make, you know notes and th- things like that. Things that you know that, that we're aware of, but we're not the best at. We're more into like you know the the chaotic, um, heavy side that that doesn't really have rules. Um, and then he kind of makes the, the music, brings the musicality into it a lot more. Um, and um, and the two of them together, I think, really made for a great um, a great final. I know you said you had kind of started playing some of these songs live, so I would assume that's kind of what went into releasing these as a a micro EP. How hard is it, though, when you're kind of looking to introduce some new music to to pick something uh, and it be the first representation, especially before an album is coming out or even a a release date of anything like that? Just kind of walk me through the process a little bit of trying to figure out what is going to be the first representation people are hearing. Yeah, that was difficult, and and um, again, we have a full album, and I know we're discussing how to release that. It's just you know such a weird time right now, so it's a, there's a little bit more to, to think about than, than there usually would be, um, um, with the pandemic and everything. But I, I think you know to release uh, some new music, it, it was difficult. There's a handful of songs that we really wanted to lead with, um, and this being our second album, we're established now. The first album, it was it was easier because no one had ever heard anything that we'd done, so it was just like let's release whatever we want. Um, this time, there's a little bit more of like, okay, we have a fan base now. We have people that that expect certain things now. That didn't completely dictate how we did this, but that was at least you know a thought. So, um, you know, there are other tracks that I think are you know uh very strong i mean i think the whole everything we did is really strong honestly um and you know to my in my opinion as it should be you know so um but yeah to lead with these uh, you know i we felt like they were they were powerful songs and mess in their messages they're powerful and in uh the riffs the choruses i mean everything it just felt felt good it felt like a good um a good uh, reintroduction to the band because, you know, it's been um, two and a half years since we released three years or something like that, since we released our first album. Um, 
but uh, we're really happy with with the way that that the response has been with each. So it's been uh, it's been killer. Thematically, and it's kind of interesting. And I don't know if I'm kind of reading a little bit too much into this, but you uh-huh. know, I I like a good pun. I mean, the title of our show is brutally speaking. Uh, you know, brew as in craft beers, cocktails, all those kind of things. Um, right. And when I saw a mannequin idol, you know, obviously it's very close to an American idol or things like that. Was do you kind right. of enjoy the fun, playful nature of kind of doing something where it could ha- kind of have a double entendre meaning? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's yeah, absolutely. I I'm a big fan um, of that. I'm a big fan of uh, every time I die to listen to that. Oh, my but, favorite. Band. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So like. Keith's Keith's really good at, at at his word, you know, at his word wordplay, and that was a band I grew up listening to for you know for forever now, and um, I think that that influenced me a lot. Um, he's one of my favorite lyricists, and so um, not to say that that's why I did this, but um, I am a fan of that, and um, I, you know, the idea came to me to 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 call it to call it that, um, and um, you know, I know that people some people thought it would be confusing and stuff, but you know, the song is definitely taking uh taking a shot at, at the music industry and and in all industries really just um what we consume and what we support and, and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's definitely a a little bit of a plain words for sure you know speaking to basically that you know taking shots at, at an industry you're a part of basically whether you want to right lump it down to just the music industry or the entertainment industry you know kind of going back through some of your lyrics collectively it always kind of seems to be a bit uh anti-establishment and you know all that kind of stuff and i'm wondering you know you're part of the system quote unquote Uh, have you Mm -hmm. run into any issues with you know someone trying to maybe censor what you're saying or going like hey maybe don't say that because you know it could get you into some shit um no 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 one's really ever um really ever i don't think we've run into that now i mean you know that you're right i am part of that industry that's that's the that's the best way to change something is to infiltrate it and get inside of it and then you can you can you can you can change things from the inside. It's harder to do it from the outside. So um, yeah, I haven't really gotten any 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 pushback from anybody about it. And um, you know, I, I I that's rock and roll. You should you should say what you need to say. Um, but I think doing it hopefully in somewhat of a clever way um, makes it a bit more impactful. Um, and and that's I guess that's the idea. You know. You know, kind of speaking a little bit more to the video, which by the time people are hearing this, uh, the video will be out. Um, your look has changed. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's gone under the contacts, at least as of now for this video. And there's kind of more of a, I'll ca- call it a little bit of an apocalyptic kind of look to it with, uh, you know, the, <laughs> it's hard not to call it uh, antiquing basically, but you know, like the flower or whatever that's on all your clothing. So when you move, it kind of creates this like kind of old uh, vintage worn in kind of look. What went into this new look, and do you enjoy coming up with new visuals to accompany whatever your you know new music is or any of the things that you're representing for the band visually? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There is a new, a new, a new vibe, a new style, and it's it's heavily you know influenced by like kind of older like kind of nine inch nails type stuff like that and things like that, and I, you know it just kind of organically happens, you know, whatever we kind of get get into. But um, yeah, we did the contacts you know, from when we first started, I mean, cause when we first did that whole thing and we were wearing like black, um, like straight jacket things for like our first I don't know, 20 or 30 shows we did. Um, but when we first started, we didn't plan on doing anything with the band. It was just supposed to be a heavy band and we were just going to play like, you know, around locally and, and not try to do anything with it, honestly, which was the first time that I'd really been in a band in a long time where there was no, 
um, thought of like trying to be, you know, you always have this, when you start music, you want to be as big as it can be and successful or, you know, as many people hear it. But on this one, we didn't care. And I guess it made for, you know, it's made for the most successful thing I've, I've ever really been a part of. So it's an interesting thing. Um, with the contacts and stuff, it wasn't, there wasn't like this thought of like, Oh, this is going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. It was just like, we thought it was cool at the time. And, and it was, it was cool. And so it's the same thing. It's like, this is, this is where we're at for this album cycle. And yeah, maybe I will wear, you know, maybe we will wear the contacts again. Maybe we won't, maybe we'll dress like, you know, whatever we want. I mean, it's just really whatever we feel like doing. It was kind of interesting too. And noticing, you know, the album cover for the EP, noticing the, the drum uh, kick drum, basically having your new logo for the band as well, you know, that got a, a makeover as well. And wondering, you know, do you kind of envision maybe that changing as well throughout the album cycles and just kind of keeping everything fresh every single time? Like, are you thinking that far ahead of not necessarily of what things can be, but just, you know, the fact that you've changed things and it's, it, you know, it kind of represents, you don't know what we're going to be. And every time we do something, always be expecting the unexpected because you, you just don't know what to expect from us. Yeah. You know, I don't know that there's a lot of thought, um, into, that I'm going to, you know, like I'm saying, there's really should be no rules as far as for us. Um, if we feel like changing it, we will, um, you know, if the idea is there, if it's not there, I don't want to force it, you know? So yeah, the new, the new logo, I guess, I guess I look at it more like a symbol, um, in a way, um, because if you didn't know that it says dead, you might not even know that it says dead. So it really is more of a symbol. Um, we still are going to use our, our like, you know, I guess lack of better term scribbly logo, you know, still is, is still alive. It's still there. Um, but yeah, this is just kind of supposed to be a new thing. And it, it's a, it's a new symbol that one of our close friends that works with us, like tour manager, does day-to-day stuff for us, everything. He, he, he put it together and we saw it and we just loved it. And, um, and, uh, so we, we ran with it. It was something we had for about a year and a half and we were waiting to use it on something. And we felt like this was a good time to use it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, I'm thinking kind of like Deftones, you know, they, they have a few different things that are very iconic to them, you know, then white pony comes out and they kind of have this different stylized D that becomes sort of their new logo. And it's, they don't use it a whole lot, I think on anything since then, but it's been interesting, mm-hmm. like I said, to see a band like that, who kind of changes things up, has things that are identifiable with them for a specific record. And you kind of know, like when you see it, it's like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, the cat. Okay. Like that's adrenaline, you know, the pony is obviously right. white pony. Like there's all these things and little nuances. Like, you know, when they finally put the, uh, the flower back on the inside of the CDs, um, you know, kind of going back to something they had been doing on all the other, records just little things like that that i don't know a casual fan will notice but is something that i've almost been kind of trained to to pay attention to little things mm. that are happening that the bands are using because maybe it's a part of a bigger narrative that you're not necessarily thinking about when you're taking everything in yeah yeah wow um i, I didn't even notice that i i consider myself a deftones fan maybe not a Maybe I don't know. I didn't notice the flower thing. What is that? You said there's a flower inside of the, the album? So basically on uh, Adrenaline, Around the Fur, they had the, the CD cover was or the actual CD when you could buy CDs um, mm-hmm. was basically the same image, but it was a different color. Uh, White Pony, obviously, they didn't do that. It was just a, a generic uh, silver or black or whatever color variant CD you happen to have. And then I mm-hmm. think on... Um, Fuck, what one was it? Uh, Might have been... Man, I'm I'm totally blanking now. But I know that they went back to 
that same image and i think it was like a yellow or something like that uh colored version and i was like oh shit they they brought this back um so it was just like one of those things where it's like it was again a very small subtle thing that people probably aren't going to notice when you're opening a cd up to pop it in your cd player or whatever but it was just kind of one of those things like i haven't seen this since the first two records or whatever so it's really cool that they did this little thing to kind of bring it all back and tie you know the past to the the future and all that kind of stuff so just little things like that i think are really interesting to see as a music fan and a collector of music and so forth that little details that bands put in and sometimes people may not even notice it because it's just such a throwaway thing like the top of a cd or whatever but um yeah yeah no it's it's interesting yeah it's cool kind of speaking a little bit more to the music in these two songs you know i kind of noticed for me anyway, uh, your vocal style kind of changed a little bit from having more of a rhythmic delivery to kind of more, uh, I don't want to say straightforward necessarily, but uh, just a different vocal style from you than I really have seen recently on the old stuff. And I'm kind of wondering, was this more of a conscious decision and kind of wanting to showcase a different side of your your vocals, or was it just kind of something that came naturally when writing uh, for uh, Mannequin Idol? Well, I guess now there was no conscious um, thought of it. It was just, you know, what what I write at the time, um, where I'm at at the time. Um, I don't know that I felt like it was super straightforward. I, I feel like when I think of it, um, because I guess I've heard that a couple of times now, but then I've also heard other people say that it sounds like, you know, dead. But, I, you know, the pre-chorus in the Mannequin Idol is a pretty, um, pretty interesting rhythm, I would say, kind of rappy a little bit. Um, I'm a little less rappy, I guess, on the new stuff. Um, and then I thought the verse in Iceland Shut was a pretty wild rhythm too. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess if those are straightforward and I don't know what, I mean, if I should do some like polyrhythm vocals or what I should do to make it strange. But yeah, to me, I was just doing what I do, um, you know, inside of the grooves of the songs. Um, I usually try to just kind of find a way to flow in and out of the rhythm, um, once, once the song is there. Um, so yeah, no, no conscious effort, just, um, just what I thought sounded cool, you know, with the music and, and it felt good once we laid it down. Um, so yeah, very in the moment. You know, the irony of that is I actually had written down rapping style initially and I was like, that sounds kind of condescending. So I'm going to change it. So that actually was more in line. No rapping. I, I kind of had that same, yeah, same vernacular where I was like, ah, but I'm sure you're tired of maybe hearing people just lessen it down to, well, you're just rapping. And it's like, well, no, it's kind of got like a little bit of a staccato we kind of rhythm at times and mm-hmm. so forth. And, and this was kind of, to me anyway, seemingly like instead of kind of going f- like on some of your other stuff, to me, you kind of go fast, slow, fast, slow. There's kind of a, an ebb and flow to the rhythm and I guess more in the sense rapping. But it was a thing to me on this one. I felt like the cadence of your vocal delivery kind of spoke more to putting the emphasis and being able to clearly understand what you're saying. Whereas maybe before others aren't able to as easily. So when I say straightforward, I guess I don't mean straightforward in in a negative way. I mean more straightforward because you want people to understand what you're saying upon the first listen. By the time they're getting to the chorus the second time, they can kind of sing it along with you. Just something like that is more kind of what I meant. Okay. Yeah. No. And and I didn't really take it as a, as a necessarily a negative thing here. Um, but, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, you know, both times I tried to make everything pretty audible so you could understand it, but it is important that the, the vibe is there too. So, you know, if, if, if the vibe is right and you can't understand it, then that's okay too. Cause you know, speaking of a band like Deftones, I have no idea what the hell he's saying <laughs> more than half of those songs, but the way it's being said and, and the, the purpose behind it, 
um, delivers more sometimes even than knowing what he's saying, you know, sometimes it makes it cooler. So yeah, you know, um, and, and it's okay. You know, it is kind of rappy. I'm, I am influenced by hip hop too, you know, so, um, so it's okay for it to be rappy or whatever it is, but really it's, you know, I think we kind of look at ourselves like, I guess, alternative, alternative metal in the sense of like, I, I feel like we just try to do whatever we want inside of the songs and, um, whatever that is, is, is dead. Um, and so, um, you know, like I said, there's no, there's no like super thought out thing. Like it needs to sound like this or like that. It's just, yeah, does that sound cool? Then all right, that sounds, that sounds dope and good. Then go with it. You know, that's it. Um, I have a bit of a weird question and, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't want to answer it or you're not wanting to totally understand, just, uh, I ended up doing a preface and explain why I'm asking this question. So I ended okay. up uh, doing a chat and we just dropped it, uh, this past week, uh, of Mikey with, from Islander. And you yeah. know, we kind of started talking a little bit more about the behind the scenes uh, of the touring industry and so forth and just kind of the industry as a whole. And, you know, and I was talking about how, you know, they've gotten, you know, in a short amount of time, they've become really good friends with bands like Korn, influential bands like Korn and, you know, P.O.D. and Papa Roach and stuff like that. And, you know, they're getting on these great tours was one of those things like, you know, I'd ask Mikey, like, has it ever kind of bit you in the ass a little bit where because you're you're close friends and became fast friends with these people and they want to help you out and, and kind of, you know, kind of be the big brother kind of thing, like, hey, we'll take you under a wing. We'll show you how to, like, you know, do these big tours and how to kind of be a bigger band of this level. Has it kind of bit mm-hmm. you in the ass because people maybe think that you knew them all along and you've had these hookups and you kind of skated past, you know, the the grinding it out phase and it kind of negates all the fucking hard work you had to put in being a band to get to this level, which is the point of being in a band when you want to take it seriously and go, quote unquote, professional. And, you know, yeah. we kind of talked about that and he was saying that, you know, yeah, definitely there have been times on tours where bands aren't cool with us because we know the headliners and they're tight with us and this, that and the other. And some industry people sometimes... uh you know, kind of overlook us because they think the same thing. It did kind of make me wonder, has there been any, I don't want to call it worries, has there been any issues, I guess, with worrying about that when the news kind of became public of your relationship and that people would only see that not actually take you guys for all the hard work you've been putting in? I mean, we've been talking about it this whole time. You've taken three years hitting the road behind this record that means a lot to you guys and means a lot to the fans and the label is behind you to constantly let you be out on the road that long to push a record. I mean, that's not normal anymore to tour an album for three years. So it does kind of make me wonder if that, you know, kind of has become a worry where it's like, man, like, I, I hope people realize that we fucking put in the work and we deserve every fucking thing that we have and not have it be negated because of a relationship that no one should give a fuck about anyway. Okay, so what relationship is that? Like, my my love relationship? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's okay. No, you can just, I mean, yeah, you can just be, you can just say whatever you need to say, brother. It's, it's all good. Um, I, I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to feel that way. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, if, if you know about the band and if you took a minute to look at it, we, we were touring and we were, I mean, we toured with, with corn and stone sour last year or a couple years ago we've done all the big festivals um i mean i've we've all been in bands for like 15 to 20 years in different ways you know um this is in no way like a we met some people and everybody hooked us up um um yeah i'm in in love with maria and and we like to tour together you know to spend time together and and be together but organically we, we met 
because they put us on tour before we knew each other. They put us on tour because they liked our band, just like a lot of the other tours that we've been on. Um, and um, yeah, we've toured for well, like three straight years now. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's our, our relationship is, I guess, um, uh, I guess it's because of all that hard work, I, I was in a is in a place to meet her um, and become, um, you know, become what we have. So. Um, you know, I, I would say that, and then going into what, what you're saying about Mikey, we, we had, um, we did have people say that cause like one of our first big tours before, cause people didn't know about us. We had toured with like insane clown posse and done a lot of, a lot of cool shows with every time I die and I try you and all kinds of stuff, um, locally and regionally. Um, but we was all super quiet. Um, as we, like I said, we didn't really plan on doing anything with that initially, um, we had been in bands before that, that had gone and done really cool things and fallen apart. And I was really honestly over the music industry and all that kind of stuff. I just want to be in a heavy band and, and, and not really worry about all the stuff that comes with it. Um, but then the way that it happened was it just, it got, it got, um, we started getting calls from labels and managers and all kinds of people before it hit him even released. I know this, um, I'm trying to think of the producer, Brian something um, that he released one of, he used one of our songs and used it as like a mixing thing. And then a lot of people heard it from him and um, he did like the, um, um, what did he, what's the band that he did? Um, anyway, so that there was, it was a long road of, of things. Um, and then, and then uh, Feldy found it and then Feldy put us on and, and everything from that just kind of, kind of kept going. We, we kept um, beating more people and everything like that. So it was a really long road and it was like, we had an EP, we had a full like EP that never came out because, um, it just got so much attention before we even released it. Um, so yeah, it was a long road and it was a lot of hard work before we knew or met any of the people that we're associated with now. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of time and a lot of hard work and, and just, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's not an overnight thing at all. Um, and you know, if that, if that's how people see it, that's how people see it. Um, but yeah, that's the truth. So, so I have a, my wife works in the pharmaceutical world and is constantly fucking busy doing project management and stuff like that. I mean, she's been working from home doing all these meetings and so forth. And then I do, I have a normal job, but then basically spend a lot of time working on a on this podcast and doing mm -hmm. all the various things that need to go into that to, to create a weekly product and all the relationships you have to start building to and maintain and maintaining and so forth. And something that's kind of been interesting as, you know, I'm approaching 36 in the next couple of months and, you know, been married for almost five years now, been together for 10 is just kind of thinking oh, wow. about, uh, been thinking about the, the work that goes into our relationship and how we're in two completely different kinds of things, but we're supportive of each other. And a lot of the sacrifices and so forth that have to be made to, to find time for each other while also being supportive of the endeavors that we're both in. And, you know, it does kind of make me wonder, and, and, you know, I've kind of been asking this question a little bit more to people who are on a way bigger scale uh, of doing things, you know, on a professional level and so forth in the industry and so forth. And it does kind of, in thinking about, you know, being with Maria, who has been in the industry for so long herself, you guys who have slagged mm -hmm. it out and all that kind of stuff. How do you find a balance? Uh, you know, because I feel like having two creative people who understand each other's 
crazy drive to be creative and when it can strike and so forth, as well as being pulled away from each other because of touring and all that kind of stuff. How do, how have you been able to find success maybe in the chaos of the industry and so forth of being with someone when you both are so driven to be as successful as you possibly can be in these creative endeavors. What's a piece of advice maybe you would have for, for people who are uh, maybe not struggling, but just kind of looking for, for some advice in that that realm. I would say that it's respect. I think it starts, it starts with respect, um, respect for the other person's craft, respect for the other person as a human being. Um, and I think giving someone space when they need it and um, using opportunities to spend time together, uh, it's, it can be tricky. Um, but I think, you know, if we weren't in the same field, there would be a lot of things that we wouldn't be able to, to do together. Um, you know, there's times where we're on tour, different tours, but the tours end up in the same place. So we see each other, um, whether it's in Europe or on a cruise ship or in the middle of uh you know, Missouri, I don't, you know, it could be anything, but so there's a lot of different ways that it works out nicely. Um, and you know, if I'm not on tour, I'll just, you know, fly out and hop on her bus and cruise around with her. Or if we're, you know, around, she'll come out to a show around, you know, where she lives or whatever it is. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of just scheduling, but it also is really fun and it keeps things fresh, I think. And I think, um, you know, um, if you love someone, then you'll do what you have to do. And, um, you know, I think of, I think of people in the military, you know, that have to go be overseas for years and they don't see their wives or their kids or whatever it is, you know, like that, that's hard. You know, that's, that to me is, is really hard. And, um, so for us to, you know, miss, you know, the most it usually would be is like three, three, two to three weeks, four weeks tops, you know, where we don't get to see each other. And that's not really that terrible. You know, we, we got FaceTime and all the stuff now. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's balancing it. And then, you know, it is like you're saying, um, you know, with, with, with working on your own band, you know, we, we're both in quarantine together. So, you know, like we wake up and, you know, we both have our, all of our press we're going to do. And then, um, she'll go up and play piano upstairs and I'll go down in the basement and play guitar and we'll have our own time, but then we'll also go on walks and cook together. And so really it is, it's like a, a balance. And, um, I think it's just respecting each other and we'll both, you know, mature people that, that understand. And, and that's one of the great things about it is we understand what the other person's feeling and going through, um, because we both do it, you know, so it really brings us closer in a lot of ways. Absolutely. It's just been a, an interesting question in the last year or so to kind of ask various people, you know, Matty Mullins of Memphis Mayfire, him and his wife, you know, uh, go and do speaking uh, engagements around the world uh, for churches and so forth and have a couple companies together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of interesting talking to him about how he finds balance. And he's like, honestly, it is mostly work, 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 work for us because we're trying to set up our future to where we don't have to work because we realize we have kind of a finite amount of time. So it's sort of sacrificing now for the betterment of tomorrow and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, and just kind of talking to these people who are in an unnatural situation, I would say, and just, you know, if you can endure in, in those environments, I feel like you kind of have learned something that you can bestow upon others on how to maintain relationships, whether it be love relationships, friendships, whatever. So I always kind of like trying to get a little bit of that in here, too, uh, for those that maybe might take something from that and kind of find something positive uh, aside from just, you know, I wrote this song or, you know, this record or whatever that typically we're here to talk about. So um, thanks for answering that. I know it's maybe a weird question uh, to be asked. 
not at all. No, no, I would say that in any relationship, whether it's romantic or not, I think respect and communication are, are huge. If you feel respected by somebody and you respect somebody, I don't see whether it ever be a problem with that. You know, and you communicate, if you're having a bad day, you tell them I'm having a bad day and it's not you, or I'm having a bad day and it is because you, you know, whatever it is, uh, communicating and respect, I think will, will just make all relationships flourish. Well, one of the last questions I have for you is how have you been utilizing this downtime since you guys were supposed to be on tour? Uh, actually, I think the tour was going to end already. Would have ended just recently. Um, yeah, I think it went, yeah, through like the first week of May. I think it was somewhere like May 7th or May 8th. I think the last show was going to be at Red Rocks, which is one of the oh, biggest man. bummers of, of all of it was to be like, we're going to play Red Rocks. And now, now we're not. Um, what was the question? <laughs> just, you know, how have you... How have you utilized this downtime? Have you started writing oh, yeah. just something else in general? Or, you know, what have you been doing in your downtime during all this? Yeah, um, really picking up the guitar again, the acoustic guitar again. I, I hadn't played it in such a long time. I played it for so long, and um, but just all the touring and stuff and just focusing on on Dad, just shows, 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 shows. You get home, I don't really want to play. Um, but now really having this downtime, um, I've been playing a guitar again and working on covers and just kind of just diving back into like this, I guess the singer songwriter side of things, or just, you know, just a guy with his guitar. Um, I've been doing that a lot. Um, and then, you know, Marie and I've been cooking a lot and, um, you know, working on the house and trying to be out in nature as much as possible. Um, just because you're stuck at home, you know, you gotta get outside and try to get some sun and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, it's been that. It's been a lot of like a lot of a lot of press. I'm starting to do a lot of the um, the live stream stuff. I did one with like Brandon from Atreyu the other day, and um, just did with JJL the other night. So you know, just trying to do whatever we can. It's like it feels like it's like a new world right now because you're used to like I right, I go out and tour. That's what I do. I, I go out and play shows, and we make our money, and we, we connect with people, and it's beautiful a beautiful scenario. And and now it's it's like trying to figure out what to do. So. I think it's been nice in a way, a step back to slow down um, because we have been going so hard. Um, we didn't stop. We, we toured, we recorded our album, you know, for a month or two, we'd go back on tour. We'd go back and record another month or two. We'd go out back on tour. So it was so nonstop for the last three years. Honestly, this is pretty nice um, for me. Um, but at the same time, I'm thirsty to go play and connect with people. So, um, uh, it's been nice for health wise too. I've been working out like every day, which is killer. Um, you, sometimes you don't really find the time to do that or the energy to do that. Um, and so, um, just trying to make the most of having like, I guess all the time in the world that you, that you kind of wish for when you are busy. Um, so I'm trying to enjoy it the most that I can, because there's going to be a time when I, when I'm, when I just wish that I could come and relax for, for three months or whatever, you know? So it's like, you just got to be happy with what you have, I guess, and make the most of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and, and uh, looking forward to whenever this new album potentially will drop. Hopefully I would assume this year, but we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stay no, we're in. Sure. I'm sure it will come out this year. I, I mean, I would be, I would be pretty surprised if it didn't, you know, I'm sure we're going to figure out something, but, um, um, I just can't speak on it yet. Right. Where can everyone yeah. find you or the band online? Yeah, um, I'm I'm Joe Catella, so C O T E L A. People <laughs> look me up. But yeah, the band is dead. Uh, D D. Um, so it's dead official on Instagram. It's we are dead on Twitter, and it's dead official on Facebook. Um, and then 
I believe I'm trying to think of what the YouTube is. If you just Google dead, uh, you'll find your, it'll pull stuff up. You can find it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for yeah. taking the time and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. So that was my conversation with Joe from Dead. Um, again, the video for A Mannequin Idol, uh, Lullaby, is out now as of probably when you're hearing this. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's uh, pretty cool to see the band having a new look. You know, I, I didn't necessarily touch on this in the interview necessarily, but, you know, gone are the context, uh, at least in this video. And something that was kind of interesting to me about this is, you know, a lot of the promo photos and so forth and live photos you would see of the band over the last few years, it's like, you know, everyone's wearing the contacts and all the band dudes are kind of wearing bands that inspired them and you know that's something i thought was kind of cool because some of the bands that you know they're they're wearing aren't necessarily bands that you hear the influence in in their music very directly um but i do think it's kind of you know it's a bit more uh interesting i think for for the band's look to kind of have you know, a solid look now, like instead of it just being like, oh, I'm going to wear my Black Sabbath shirt, or maybe you're going to wear like a, a Muse t-shirt or whatever, you know, now everyone's kind of got this look. And I think it really visually is impressive. Uh, the video looks really cool. I mean, a lot of performance videos have been done, but I think, you know, with Joe's uh, makeup and, you know, the, the coat he's wearing and, you know, like I said, the the uh, dust or whatever that's on everybody and even on the drums and such. So when you're playing and everyone's moving, it kind of just creates a sense of like little details kind of going on in it. And, you know, even down to the, the kick drum having the new logo and so forth. And it's just one of those that for a simple premise of just here's a band in a warehouse performing it's it's still pretty visually interesting to look at um so if you haven't checked out that video go check it out uh it's premiering over on noisy uh should be out by now as of when you're hearing this uh if not well wait a little bit longer and go check it out and uh, with that, let's kind of start wrapping up this episode. If you would like to keep up with Dead, simple enough, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Official, Twitter at We Are Dead, and if you would like to keep up with all things going on with Dead, just go to deadband.com. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Joe, go to Instagram at Joe Cotella and Twitter at Dead underscore Joe. Simple enough there as well. Uh, so thanks to Joe for coming on. Uh, looking forward to actually hearing what the rest of this record sounds like in... Whenever that comes out, uh, I, I know we have no idea when that will be now. Uh, hopefully some new music will be coming out soon because I think uh, people are really waiting for this new album to come out. I mean, it's been three fucking years. <laughs> and something else I want to bring awareness to, uh, since this is actually coming out before this would even be over, because uh, typically with us doing this on Sundays and so forth, this uh, festival would be over. But uh, if you haven't seen it, there is a online festival called 320 Festival. It's happening starting today, actually, May 8th, uh, and goes through the 10th. The 320 Festival was originally scheduled to actually be a, a festival that you could go to. Uh, and as a result of the pandemic we're all in is now an online event that was created to bring awareness to the importance of mental health as well as providing resources to the community and, you know, kind of normalize the conversation surrounding, you know, mental health pursuits and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the cool thing about this was that 100% of the net proceeds were going to be donated to the nonprofits that were associated with it. Instead of it being an in-person festival the way it was supposed to be, it then became an online one. Uh, so it'll be streaming, uh, again, starting today as of when you're hearing this, but uh, tomorrow for me. So if I refer to it in the future tense, that's why. 
The simplest way to keep up with this and to watch it and learn more about it is just to go to 320festival.com. Uh, if you would like to keep up with everything kind of going on, that is the perfect place to go. It does look like it's going to be streaming uh, via like different apps. You know, if you have Apple TV or Roku or things like that, you can use the code 320 to get an annual subscription for $11.11. Just go to 320.com. K-N-E-K-T dot live. A lot of cool shit going on with this. I mean, just kind of looking over it, you know, basically the structure of it all is basically just a lot of conversations with uh, people in the mental health field. Some of the things that they talk about, you know, this thing starts at uh, 8.30 Pacific time. Uh, You know, there's mindfulness breaks. There's uh, coping and thriving after trauma. There's stuff for LGBTQ, uh, stress, mental health in the workplace, um, that, you know, that's like a Friday thing. You know, they have a list on, again, 320festival.com has all of this information. Uh, but they have performances on Friday from, you know, as far as people you might be interested in if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Uh, Jaden from Silers coming on. Uh, Frank of Some 41 is going to be on, as well as Derek Sanders from Mayday Parade. Frank Turner, if you're aware of who he is. All kinds of different seminars going on throughout the weekend. Uh, Saturday's uh, performances are... Art Alexis of Everclear, Duff McKagan, might have heard of his little band Guns N' Roses. Uh, there's also Caleb from Beartooth, which if you've heard the Disease album, uh, I think there's plenty of things he can talk about on this topic. Uh, Julian Kay, not sure who's doing that, uh, given the fact that Ryan from Julian Kay and Orgy uh, is currently in rehab, so I don't know who's going to be doing it. I would assume maybe Amir. Also, a Songs That Saved My Life after show. At 5 p.m. with uh, Bad Flower, Cassidy Pope of Hey Monday fame, if you remember them. Uh, Justin from Blue October and some others. And Sunday, Dan Epstein of Hoobastank's going on. Bunch of great people, basically, uh, from all all realms of the the touring industry. Uh, If you didn't know, this was also organized by Chester Bennington's wife. So, I mean, if you kind of wonder where all the the mental health and the music and all that kind of stuff is coming from, that's kind of where it all started from. So, wanted to give a shout out to that. The 320 Festival, again, go to 320festival.com. Go support uh, all of them over there. Uh, these are all great things, especially given the fact that we are, you know, having to social distance and some of us are having to do it alone. Another great way to kind of get some information about some things maybe you don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about or opening up about. It's a great way to get information as well as supporting a great cause and seeing some really great uh, different performers throughout the weekend. So go check that out. And for the podcast, if you would like to keep up with us, it's simple enough. Bruce Speak Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Check us out on YouTube. We have some videos. uh, Put up some of the Instagram live things that we've been doing over the last week or so. uh, Just trying to stay sane myself and uh, stay busy. Uh, This has been an interesting time of figuring out what I can do creatively to keep myself occupied. So uh, check us out on all those platforms. We might be doing some Instagram lives uh, coming up uh, starting you know, today. So keep a look on our socials for that. And if you would like to keep up with any of our sponsors, if you are able to in these times, uh, as we've been saying, it would be greatly appreciated. They are supporting us. So we want to make sure that you guys, if you can, are supporting them. So let's start it off with On Point Palmade. Keep your beard and hair looking on points. I've been seeing a lot of people going online and ordering a lot of the pomade, uh, either the the classic matte or the premium pomade. You know, I'm seeing some barbers 
sending out emails and stuff. I know the salon I go to sent out an email saying that they have a potential date of opening coming up. And let me tell you, I can't wait to get a haircut because <laughs> my hair looks disgusting. And uh, I can't wait to actually utilize the pomade that I have because my hair is too long to really even use it at this point um, with how terrible it looks. So go to On Point Pomade, use the code BSP15, save 15% off your total purchase. Uh, if you have a beard, use the beard oil. Uh, I mean, Maddie has some of the best hair and a really great looking beard and I got to believe it's because he uses his own products. So, uh, head on over to on point pomade, let them know that you're supporting them. Uh, for supporting us. Also want to give a shout out to The Bean Bastard, a local Buffalo, New York company. Uh, they have been going around and delivering coffee and uh, giving it to some of the first responders and some of the, the essential employees and so forth. Uh, just trying to make a difference out there in the Buffalo, New York area. So it's been really great seeing what they're doing uh, and real easy to support them uh, in spite of all this. Like I said, they are a small two-man operation basically just trying to spread their passion for coffee to those uh, who who love coffee and who are maybe in need of a cup of coffee uh, in a break during this whole thing. So head on over to TheBeanBastard.com, pick up some coffee. Uh, I recommend this Proton Pack. It's their new blend. Uh, they even got really awesome neon bags after I bought mine that was just a normal bag. Uh, but the guys said they have a bag coming out to me with a neon bag. So want to give a shout out to them. Uh, check them out on Facebook and Instagram at TheBeanBastard. Keep up with everything going on with them. Uh, uh, and again, you know, they're just doing great things for their local community. So really easy to support those guys. And lastly, but not leastly, Rockabilia.com have loved having these guys come on. Uh, if you know anything about Rockabilia.com, they have over 500,000 items on their store. If you are into rock, metal, hardcore, punk, doesn't matter what genre of music you're into. For the most part, they're going to have something you like. Uh, some of the designs they have are even like kind of classic designs that I haven't seen in probably 10, 15 years. So it's been really hard not to just blow a little bit of money I have at times on, on some new merch and so forth. But uh, those guys are awesome. And you don't have to worry about the, the integrity of the products you're getting. They're 100% licensed and official. So you don't have to worry about them just, you know, fading after one wash or being bootleg as shit like you see sometimes on eBay. So head on over to rockabilia.com. And if you're a first time user, you'll see an ad pop up uh, as soon as you go on the website where you can take 10% off your total order. Uh, just follow the prompts with that. Uh, so there's a, a way to save a little bit of money as well if you're a first-time user. I want to give a shout-out to Rockabilia.com. Uh, they have been supporting us uh, for the last month or so now, and it's been a great partnership. And can't wait to uh, for this whole thing to go away and to go back to work and uh, buy some of these awesome things I've been seeing where I have to just bookmark it <laughs> on my computer and be like, all right, I'm going to come back to, and buy this. So thanks to Rockabilia.com. Thanks to On Point Palmade. Thanks to the Bean Bastard Coffee. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. We will see you all next time.